Matthias, let's just take a second to talk about our Patreon channel. Obviously, a lot of people love the show, and we get a lot of messages from people asking us how to uh, support us and help us grow the podcast. Now, Patreon is obviously, without doubt, the best way to do it. It really helps us grow the show, helps us pay people who help us out, helps us you know, keep shining the job, the, the editor behind the scenes. Um, why do you, want to, do you want to just let people know what they get, some of the perks? Yeah, I mean, we offer so many interesting extra things for Patreons. So we, we have a bonus episode, um, we do Q&As, and we're also looking into other ways of like getting um, our Patreon supporters special access to some of my um, very deep and fantastic knowledge and such things. Yeah, you're wanting to introduce some, uh, not one-on-one, but small small group lectures on specific subjects, which I think would be amazing. Patrons would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. You know, half an hour topic of you just ranting without me interrupting on a subject <laughs> has to be has to be perfect. You know, who's not going to, to love that? Yeah, yeah. Like things, you know, we talk about on the podcast, maybe like we mentioned something about Viking ships or something that has to do with the mythology and, and people want to know more about that. And then we can like dig deep into that for like 30 minutes in a, in, in a short lecture. I think a lot of people would find that very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget anybody who signs up to the Patreon at any level is going to get a bonus episode every week. Um, it's either going to be the story time episode that we do with Jonas Lorenzen which you have to agree with is, is one of the funniest times you must have all week. It is brilliant. He does. It is amazing. Good job. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> it is. And then the other, the other episode, we're still undecided hundred percent on what it, it's going to be, but it looks like it's going to be a conversational type episode where me and Mateus just get a little bit more personal about ourselves, but also we're going to get, let people have the chance to ask questions, Q and a, whether it's about the podcast or about us. And um, you're going to be able to put your question to us through Patreon then we're going to have a, a little bonus episode where we explore those and people get a little bit more interactive with those, which I think would be fun for the, for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I feel like I'm seeing with our audience is that they really like to be interactive with us. So we're trying to offer as many opportunities on our platform to do that outside of social media otherwise because that, that can get a little little much sometimes <laughs> yeah there we go i mean honestly if you just jump over to uh patreon forward slash naughty mythology podcast you can have a look at all the different tiers we've got there they start from five dollars up to twenty dollars and you can cancel at any point you can try it out for a month listen to the old episodes listen to the old story time episodes cancel if you don't enjoy it and and there we go, but we were more than sure confident that you'll uh, you'll like what you hear. Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrandon of the company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, hello. We are joined this time by Alex Ferrer from Fire in the Mountains, one of the guys organizing the festival taking place in Jackson Hole in Wyoming in a couple of weeks. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's less than two weeks. Today is Tuesday. Less than two weeks. Yes. Ten days. Ten days. Ten days from mm -hmm. today. Exactly. Friday Damn. the 22nd. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, wow. Mm. Come it's around. 
ready or not. <laughs> last, I would say last time you were on, it was mid-COVID. Uh, yeah. The world was falling apart. And I, I guess the, the idea of having a, the festival running was a distant kind of thought. Yeah, a future memory. Uh, it's funny, I actually got leveled by COVID not long after we had our podcast. I flew, <laughs> oh, back, I flew back to Jackson a few days later and just got completely leveled by Delta. I had to go to the hospital, had hypoxia, oh, wow. pneumonia. Yeah, my oxygen levels dropped below 84%. Part of the problem was I thought it was Omicron. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to do my normal routine and go hike up mountains with my snowboard and sweat it out. Because that's usually what I do if I feel like I'm getting sick, which I never get sick. And I got like fucking level. So I was wow. very humbling. Wasn't sure if I was going to make it to the summer at a couple points. Oh, really? That, <laughs> that was bad? bad, man. I was like in delirium. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching like YouTube videos on old growth forests in New England, which made me feel better for some, well, not for some reason. <laughs> we, we like to be in the woods, but that's yeah. what I, that's what my mind gravitated to sunnier, like, you know, lush, lush places in the world oh. uh, as opposed to dreary cold 20 below fahrenheit i don't know what that is celsius mm. wyoming because it was brutally cold then too mm. so but i made it i'm here you made it you survived. <laughs> doing all right did it change your perspective <laughs> on things a little bit uh it humbled me didn't change yeah. my perspective but it humbled me mm -hmm. um sure I had a parasite that I got in Colombia in November for like, it was like a three week parasite. No one told me to take antibiotics. They all said, Oh, you'll, you'll pass it through. You'll pass it through in a few days and a few days turned into a few weeks. And then I came home to visit my family for the holiday time, December. And just, you know, not being, not living my best life, eating cookies and drinking, drinking a lot of glug. And I mean, uh, and well, hey, me. grandpa grandpa rouse club <laughs> grandpa rouse club yeah yeah you remember oh, good. <laughs> i mean when you say parasite that terrifies me when you yeah like a parasite you picked up in colombia i'm like yeah that's like i was behaving myself too i was drinking <laughs> clean water country. i was eating i was eating like really clean food uh, cause the resort, I, one of my clients doing farming permaculture design stuff is a client down there and, um, they take really good care of me and I don't know how I got it. I, I, I don't know, but I did. And, uh, it sucked. I, I still like, if I, <laughs> if I fart in the middle of the night in bed, like it still wakes me up concerned. Like I might, <laughs> it might be more than that. <laughs> might oh, be too I, much information but you still got <laughs> I, I love it i, I love got ptsd ptsd yeah. yeah but hey i mean on the other hand here in the u.s we have brain-eating amoebas uh, that you can get yeah. from you know a random Hot fountain brain. in texas and that kind of stuff yeah. yeah yeah we have that here you can't go to uh my old my old stopping grounds my favorite hot springs huckleberry hot springs in yellowstone it's like a 45 minute walk mm -hmm. and it's beautiful, but you can't go in anymore because there's a brain eating amoeba, supposedly. Yeah. I think oh. too many tourists found Full out about it. That. Just, I know. It's scary. Why, why does that Apparently exist? Crawl, you got to be careful because it'll crawl in all crevices. So like, if you go in there, you got to like, you know, like be make sure time. everything's tight. Because <laughs> 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 they'll find oh. any way to get in. Oh, so geez. shit, maybe that's how I got it in Colombia. I don't know. Mm -hmm. that, I, don't know. Oh, anyway. I, 
I hate stuff like that. It absolutely terrifies me. It's uh, weird. So, yeah, in a in a little bit, we're going to look at Viking oh, stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to look at Viking stereotypes. <laughs> Matthias is going to kind of get rid of some of those. We're going to hit him with a quick list of things we can chop through. But first, um, yeah, tell us a little bit, I guess, about firing the mountains. I know Matthias is going to be there. Jonas is going to be there. Sean Parry is yeah. going to be there. So you've got a really interesting yeah. lineup. Ivar Bjarnson from mm-hmm. oh. Enslaved and Bartsbeck and uh, Hugska, um mm-hmm. with, you know, with Einar. Einar's not going to be there, but uh, Ivar will be there. And um, yeah, it's going to be 10 weeks from or 10 days from today on the dot. Uh, Friday starts Friday, 6 p.m. We have five acoustic bands playing on Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, let's see, 10 each. Um, we have two stages and then the talks start at, well, technically it starts at 8 a.m. We have Chi Gong with a woman named Colleen Fletcher, who's also doing a talk called Metal Ta- Metaltations, which is uh, her... She has a, uh, yeah, she has a business where she literally teaches meditation to the incessant drum beats of heavy metal. So like the double bass, I'm highly interested to hear and feel how that goes. So that's cool. Um, At at eight o'clock in the morning as well. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, fucking amazing, man. Yeah, it's going to be loud first thing. So all we, gonna be all we really need is to, to, to add goats to the mix, just like you know, yoga goats and yoga goats. And then it's like perfect. Well, that's not metal though. It would be like we need like bighorn sheep or something, or yeah. mountain goats from the yeah. Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Now it's or grizzlies. <laughs> oh, don't, don't fuck with those. We already spoke about parasites. People, people are already like. If you look at our Instagram, some people are freaking out already because we've we just started releasing the details of like when the festival opens and the times, et cetera. And you know, the first thing we talk about is like, hey, this is the most densely populated habitat of grizzly bears in the lower 48. So like you gotta lock it up, literally lock everything up and like keep your shit together, keep your personal shit tight. You know, like we're in a big field, so the chances of the grizzlies coming in is like pretty much nothing. They're not going to do that. So like we have people storing, you know, telling people to store their food in the cars, in their cars in the parking lot, which is a distance away from where people are camping. But people are freaking out about it. Like, well, grizzlies can still get in the cars. Like, no, they can't. Like, they can't unlock car doors. They've never broken into cars. The only reason, the only way bears have gotten into cars is if you're feeding them from your car. Like they may sniff your car and they may like or, try to run. Or you leave it, it open. Like, you leave your car open and you leave some food in it. And just make that, it easier for them. Yeah, yeah. touche. Yeah, and but you know, you're, you're totally right. And also, and you, you know, just, just the amount of people and the noise from your music and everybody is going to scare any grizzly bear away. Like they're not going to yeah. fuck with that. So no, they, nobody they, needs they, to worry about it. But it is still but people are you know, great that you guys are, you know, training people in, in you know, handling a grizzly bear attack. Totally. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference between a car and a food truck? I mean, windows might be about the only thing. So like if the forest service is okay with us using a food truck to lock people's food in the cars are the cars work well too. And, and that's like a quote from the fishing game and they'll be there because they're doing, like you said, they're doing a, a bear safety course on Friday and Saturday. So that's oh, kind of great. But my problem is I 
don't trust other people enough. Like I'd lock mm. my food in my car, but yep. somebody else who's pissed, I know they go out there. Somebody there is going to be looking to feed the bears. Like, cause that, cause <laughs> people, people are fucking ridiculous. And somebody, yes. somebody somewhere will be pissed and they'll be like, Ooh, that bear looks cute. Let's go. <laughs> That, don't know something. Yeah, that's a heavy dose of psychedelics, is what that is. Please don't, well, please don't do that. If I get eaten yeah, by no. a bear at Nobody's Fire in the Mountains in Wyoming, this it's a metal year, way to go. It is a yeah. metal way to go. It's straight to Valhut. I'm gonna be just fine. It's like that's a warrior's way to die. So it'll be okay. Yeah. That would be might as well be divine intervention. Odin came down. Game time, come with yes. me. Yeah, yes. as it long is as the fucking metal way to go. As long as the bear turns up the following Tuesday to sit down with me to do the podcast, I don't mind. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a. I'm gonna need a co-host. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, maybe Matthias turns into the bear. That's it. Well, let's hope it at least absorbs some of my precious knowledge or something. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. It, it no doubt it would. I mean, I don't, you don't uh, want me carrying this show on my own. <laughs> uh, don't sell yourself short. You're highly yeah. entertaining. Yes. I appreciate as long I appreciate as you wear a coconut bikini every time, you'll get plenty of hey. patrons and folks tuning it, in. I guarantee that's, it. That's my retirement fund, that. That's my that's my retirement plan. Yeah, it's, coconut uh, bikini and a Viking helmet. That's what only, I'm talking about. Only Dan's. It's up here. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm going to be, going to be making, making the money. Um, so, yeah, so Jonas, Jonas is going to be there. Friend of yeah. the show. Um, Big time. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's he I, doing? Uh, feel free. Well, you should feel free to uh, shoot him a quick text because he's, he's just itching to get on. Let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's hear he's bringing his glazed onions. Yeah, hopefully. The, uh, so the, the theme... I'm going to read it right now. The theme for the, the barbecue is the Aussies. I say that right. <laughs> I like the way you look at Mateus for. Uh, <laughs> that was sexy Jonas. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the, Aussies. the Aussies. Mm-hmm. The Aussies. The Aussies feast. Yeah. Um, so Jonas said uh, when he heard Ivar Bjornsson was curating parts of the festival, Ivar is the, the main, one of the main guys behind Enslaved. Um, and and Hujga. Um, with the overreaching title on Wings Over Utgard, my excitement about the festival was further elevated and I simply had to get involved. This is Jonas's words. Oh, he just texted I, me. I can't believe that Jonas has sent a, <laughs> sent a script. The well, time. I mean, this is, for, this is for a post. This oh, is for okay. a post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he'd sent, I thought he'd sent this. Just for this? Just, just for this. No. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he had. He, you know, if he had more time, I literally told him we were going on like maybe 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, dude, stop on on. We'll see you if join us. Um, he just, he's texting me right now, but I can't do it with my phone. I can't check it out. Um, but he, uh, Jonas immediately thought about the story of Skald's Skapamald. Oh, Jesus. How do you pronounce this? <laughs> Skapamald. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In Nordic mythology, uh, were gods Odin, Loki, and Hynir, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Sets out on a journey, traveling through mountains and wilderness until they are in need of food. In a valley, they see a herd of oxen, 
and they take one of the oxen and set it in an earth oven. However, their plans to cook the steer are thwarted by the giant Thiazi in the guise of an eagle. The story then goes on to involve the goddess of the apples of eternal youth, the transformation of the goddess into a newt, a nut, a nut. A nut, not, not a newt. <laughs> not a newt, a nut. <laughs> and a high-paced oh. chase between an eagle and a hawk over Utgard and Asgard, the home of the giants and gods, respectively. So that's the basis behind the barbecue we're doing. So there's going to be a plethora of apples and hazelnuts, um, maybe some pine nuts if I can forage them. Um, and now, we're slaughtering now the steer. Now that you've read it, uh, yeah. do you want Jonas to come on and read it himself? Seeing as he's just he's just popped into the into the waiting room, here he is. I I think we should. <laughs> here he is. Did you hear? Hi. Did you hear the pronunciations <laughs> being butchered? <laughs> You're, you're oh, muted, Jonas. Jonas, you, you, you need to turn your microphone on. <laughs> you're muted. Is he in his pajamas? All right. Yeah, hi, go. guys. Hi. No, you're thinking hey. tomorrow. I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to this festival. So I don't really have time to, <laughs> to come on the podcast. <laughs> you're go. always welcome. <laughs> you've, got, you've got like 20 minutes. You look fresh. You got cleaned up before you come into the States. I like it. You look yeah. good, man. <laughs> it's important, man. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to the land of the free, home of the brave, and uh, yeah. well-groomed. Home <laughs> of the brave and well-groomed. <laughs> I've, been, I've been telling all the ladies in Jackson that um, we have a Danish Viking chef and musician, bard, if you will, coming. So, shit. You have you have a lot riding on your your uh, impending trip. What? Shit! I wonder, where you, I wonder where that sentence is going to end. Then. <laughs> I mean, it's a Philly choose your own adventure for Jonas. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose they don't call it Jackson Hole for nothing. Hey, oh. 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 Okay. Okay. That was low. That was really low. That's that's the, that's the only one you get. I'm kicking you out. I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Fire away! What what? Uh, where are we? I just I just rolled, wrote wrote uh, read your dialogue for the um, the Aussies feast. Yeah. So like the the myth behind it. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to tell all the the, the pretty women in Jackson Hole about the glazed onions. <laughs> the glazed <laughs> fucking glazed onions. What's what? Are, I mean, What's the menu, you're my have friend? to do glazed onions now, Jonas. <laughs> Shit. I mean, those take fucking forever to make. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I mean, if the if it's the if it's the one that I'm I'm thinking about. No, I mean, so so like literally. I mean, it's been a minute since we since we first talked about this whole thing, um, Alex and I. And um, because, you know, as you probably already mentioned, or if you haven't, uh, it was, you know, right before COVID hit. No, I haven't. Yeah. I didn't set a timeline to it. Okay. Yeah. So we we basically started talking about this because, you know, Find the Mountain was supposed to happen in 2019. So we started talking about me coming down and doing a Farm to Festival uh, barbecue 
uh, at Fire in the Mountains back in, I think, Feb of 2000. It was like January, February of 2020. Oh, 2020 January, yeah. January. Yeah. January 2020. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and you told me that the the Ivar from Enslaved, uh, whose label I had just signed to, so the whole thing seemed seemed very synergetic and serendipitous and, and everything. Because um, uh, Ivar is one of the owners at Binors, uh, which is the label I, I'm signed to with uh, with Nebala, and. Um, and and he was going to do the curation, and he called it on wings over Utgard, right? So immediately, I, I I seem to remember me thinking immediately of the story of Thiasi, and the story of um, uh, you know th- th- that whole story of I, I think it's I think it's 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 is it Thor or is it Odin? I can't remember which one of the of, of the great gods it is, but it's it's a guy called Hermir, I think, and Loki, and probably o- is it Odin or Thor? It's Odin. It's, o- uh, it's, it's Odin. Odin. It's yeah. Odin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And because the whole thing was, uh, you know, all all, all all things all things related to going uh, into the wild, going in, going beyond, going into the unknown, and that whole thing. And that story literally is that. I mean, they go into they go into the to to Utgard, I think actually, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matthias. But uh, and and they they You're um, wrong. they're Sorry. not in Utgard. No, actually, so Utgard is only used in one story. Yeah. In in all the other stories, it's Jotunheimer, or. Or, or something like the wild. So in this story, it's more of just the wild. But th- it's really an interesting thing, actually, because Utgader has been associated with like the, the, the giants, the Jötnar. But it's actually not even the Jötnar that exist in Utgader. Utgader is literally out of space. That This is what we learn in the story about Thor going to Utgader-Loki. Uh, he travels beyond Midgader and Jötunheimer right. and the deep sea, and then he gets to Utgader. And I don't know what that is, except out of space, because it's like literally like way out there. So that, but that's an entirely different thing. I think it's a it's a really cool theme, and um, I think it also is very fitting. And for any Scandinavian, of course, like going to America is going to Utgader. So uh... yeah, yeah, it's very <laughs> much so. I mean, I kind of like I kind of like the, I, I the idea, uh, regardless, because the whole idea was to. <laughs> for, for me to sort of kind of think of a way that this barbecue could be could be related to the the idea and the curation that that Ivar had done um, and that Alex and Jeremy had done for the festival um, to to make a, a barbecue that that sort of thematically and energetically um, mirrored that in some ways because this is a story maybe not of going totally into outer space which is what. What Thor does when he does the trials at Utgard uh, Loki, but it is still going into the wild, going into the unknown. And what do you do when you're unknown in the unknown? You also find yourself being hungry, and if you're not prepared properly, which these guys uh, wasn't, you have to figure out what what can you eat. And so they they see a steer. Some somehow they they find a um, an ox, a steer, and they slaughter it and they try to cook it um, in a pit. And they can't uh, get it working. Like every time they 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 open the pit, the 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 meat stays uncooked. 
and they are being uh, cursed by an eagle who is Fiasi, who is uh, sitting uh, as an eagle on top of the tree. Um, and the, long story short, they, they, it comes to a point where they find out that this eagle is, is cursing them. And in order to be able to eat, in order to be allowed to eat, they uh, they they have to bring him Eden, basically, who is the, the the lady of the apples of immortality, and so and and it, <laughs> and later on she gets turned into a nut in order to be held within the grasp of Loki, I believe. Um, he turns her into a nut. So I thought, okay, so here we have three elements to make a barbecue from. We have steer beef, we have apples, and we have nuts. So how do we do that whole thing? How do we, how do we weave that whole thing into a, a, into a narrative that goes with a, a, an exciting barbecue? And so the menu is uh, literally quite, quite simple, actually. Um, we, we have a stable, which is, uh, which is going to be a kind of uh, herbal pearl barley, vegetable pearl barley, herbal pearl barley, which is cooked um, and then it's going to be a uh, sort of rather, um, or just a delicious salad of, of apples and fennel and, and hazelnuts and, and and so on. And then we're going to um, uh, then we're going to to grill uh, a steer, which is, which Alex is uh, is procuring. Uh, mm -hmm. And so so that's that's good. That's 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 really it. Like uh, the three elements of. Uh, of, of the story woven into a barbecue. I love it. Oh. I love the sound of that. So we're going to love the taste of it eating, more. We're going to be eating what's in that story. And I, I kind of I, I kind of think that's kind of funny. That's a, that's a fun creative project as well. Fun challenge as well. How to do that in, in a great way. Uh, and to feed, I think, well, what are we feeding? A thousand people or something like that? Yeah, no big deal. No big no. deal. <laughs> He's, uh, oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, we're gonna do 500, 500 a day. We're all saying we're sold out. We just we just upped it without telling anybody, and we're sold out already. We sold out like within days. It's great. So we got hungry, oh, nice. hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos, indeed. Oh, Yours is the man. That is going mm -hmm. to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow actually, and uh, my God. Yeah, the logistics around this stuff right now with, with COVID and everything is, is, is quite, uh, I mean, in the post-COVID world, is, is quite insane. I just hope nothing gets canceled. Let's, mm -hmm. uh, let's just say that. Oh, it's going yeah. to. You can, you can be sure of it. Yeah. It's really bad right now. Do you think, well, I don't do you know. Think I don't know. It's like a flip of a coin. It's like 50-50 from last I heard, which was a few days ago, listening to stuff. What, what yeah. are you who are you flying with? Uh, well, the good thing is that when I'm flying to the States, um, at least the first leg of the journey is with the new fantastic uh, April Pro that we're on the Nordic Mythology podcast. There's just been a new, a new, uh, a new airline that started uh, flying out of Scandinavia called um, Norse Atlantic Airways. Ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and it's the most reliable. <laughs> you said the magic word. Of course you are. 
Oh, well, I mean, oh, like wow. I, I got tickets with Scandinavian Airlines, and you don't know if that's gonna work. Out. Okay, now be careful with those. Uh, yeah, that, like that's a total shit show right now. Uh, I know with Scandinavian Airlines. I mean, that's a total shit shit show. And, it would be um, fucking hilarious if I was flying with Norse Airlines, right? Oh. You wouldn't even accept most, a free they're ticket. They're the most reliable them. right now. <laughs> I, I'd be like bitching about it all the way. Yeah. Like, like eight hours. <laughs> like the stewardess, you realize that this is... Excuse me, life. ma'am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. oh, dear. Well, Matthias, I'm going to have to buy you tickets for that. <laughs> But that does that does worry me a bit uh, that you're saying that because you know because the thing is that if getting a direct flight these days is impossible like it's literally impossible unless you have like you know two three thousand dollars to spend per ticket you know mm-hmm. that that kind of thing at least I think uh, or more uh, so 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 we're flying we're flying it's gonna be a crazy trip so we're flying to Fort. Lauderdale, I'm flying first to Miami and then to Las Vegas and and then uh, uh, I'm going to LA for a few days before uh, and then flying to then flying to Denver and on the way uh, and then driving down from there. But on the way back, it's also something like the same thing. So you know, it's 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 totally possible that stuff is going to get canceled and delayed and all that kind of stuff in between. I didn't know it was this bad in the U.S. as well because in Europe it's completely crazy. Like, I'm dread—I'm really dreading for August because Nibala is playing uh, first show ever in the Netherlands on the sixth of August, and as of July, I mean, in the whole all throughout July in Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, which is the airport that we need to go to, they've had—I think it was third—if I'm not mistaken, I think it's thirteen thousand cancellations. A day. Mm, doesn't surprise, surprise me. Yeah. They're, they don't fly that many flights a day. No way. 13,000? Maybe it's people. Maybe. Pe- people, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Sorry. Sorry. Of course. I mean, 13,000 people a day is going to be affected by cancellation. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 It's insane. And all that, everywhere. I mean, otherwise, I mean, it's astronomical amounts that they would have to fly in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, Schiphol is a pretty hardcore airport. Like, isn't it like one of the most used ones in Europe? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It's 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 gigantic. Yeah, Ingrid is saying not enough staff. Yeah, there's not enough staff and uh, strikes and 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 all this stuff. Yeah, so a lot uh, of pilots pilots are not coming back to work. Yeah, it's all it's. It's a giant mess. Not being talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Odin is on our side for our festival. Uh, Mm. I have multiple, multiple omens to confirm that. So I think you'll be okay. He'll be looking after you, Jonas. Yeah. You'll do a ritual. We'll do a ritual before you leave. Yeah. Should we should we do some stereotypes, Jonas? Are you are you hanging about, or have you got stuff to go do? You I, ready, I obviously or? do have stuff to, to to do, but unless you want to, like, is there any, you know, anything else I can say? I'm just thinking. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's huge. You spoke about the feast. You've you've plugged Nabala in in the Netherlands. <laughs> you've, uh, Jonas I've, is, done, uh, I've done my due diligence. <laughs> you, you've ticked the book. Go on. Do you want to say all about Midgasblor as well? Get it all. Get the, the trifecta in. Yeah, and there's Midgasblor on the 19th of August as well. <laughs> Which I hope people, people will this, be able to attend. <laughs> it starts on the 17th, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah, he's we're, playing we're, on playing, we're playing. Sorry, I'm all, I only care about my own. Right, of course, yes, yes. <laughs> he's he's here to plug himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of other small bands like Badruna and Heilung and that kind of stuff they're playing as well. These you know? <laughs> like small, small Viking style bands. <laughs> Any, you know, project, you know. Um, wait, Dan, with, Dan uh, are you going? Are you going to Midgard's Blow? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Great, then we'll all convene there. I will see oh, you, you there. Are you going too? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so ex- Ooh, I'm excited Alex, now. I did not know this. What? Did not tell you? me this? Everybody no, and their mother is going to be there, guys. Like, literally everybody that I know is no. going to be at the Guts Anybody so, um, cool? Yeah. Everybody cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anybody, I'll see you there. Is, is Jeremy going as well? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you didn't tell me this at all. I mean, when when did you? Is that? I mean, even my kid uh, is going. You know. Yeah. Um. So I'm flying from Jackson to New York to spend a night or two with my parents who live 40, 60 miles north of New York City on the tenth of August. Then I'm going to fly to uh, Oslo on the twelfth, and I'll be there until i'll be there with uh i'm going to be a personal babysitter for dr nordvig and his wife <laughs> and i'm gonna and then i'm gonna travel with them uh to on the 17th or the 16th whenever we go up oh, yeah. good. my cousin it's, might come too he's rad oh i feel like five coconut bikinis being made that's what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah so so <laughs> That's what Jeremy, I'm thinking. Dude, Jeremy, dude. Jeremy likes to get naked, though. So if he's involved yeah, and, and he we're already in coconut bikinis, then he'll just get naked. So yeah, then he'll take it he to that will. level, and then we all got to get naked. Yes. Oh, well. But, oh, yeah. Make it, make it on Shucks skis right in particular. Gotta right? do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna have so a big have, party. Have, you... So Nibala has, we have two cabins at Midgard Blue. That, that's our uh, accommodation, two big cabins. But I'll have to make it so that one cabin is the party cabin and then everyone else sleeps in the other yeah. cabin you know, like, yeah. so we can... <laughs> that sounds like the plan oh god plan. yeah yeah, uh, yeah there we go anyway we're here to talk about fire in the mountains so definitely oh, right yeah forget yeah. me gas block forget me gas block for now i so, mean it's you know midgard's bloat's cool but fire in the mountains is just a little more it's a little more badass well, it's got grizzly you know, bears. That's, so. that's what it's I heard. Bears, and brain-eating so. amoebas. So, right. Yeah. All, the, <laughs> all, the, all the important things. <laughs> um, no, right. but at, least you'll be, at least you'll be well-fed by Jonas's glazed uh, onions. Exactly. Right. My glazed onions. Everyone gets, uh, everyone gets a dip in the glaze. Now, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna have so much fun when you get out here. I can't wait. Oh it's man, be awesome! 
Oh, it's going to be so great. Yeah, I can't fucking wait. It's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, stop talking about how good it's going to be because I'm fucking getting, <laughs> getting, getting sad over <laughs> See how much mead I've drank just in sadness. <laughs> you can always go to Rammstein, Dan. They're going to be, a, they say this is their last tour, but it's not. Like, oh. gonna, it's never going to be. Oh, That's like Slayer. Slayer had like five last tours. So did Madonna, yeah. for Christ's sakes. You just can't say no. Yeah, that's why I used to, I used to play I used to play in the death uh, punk band, and we always played either uh, the last show ever or a reunion show. Never anything in It was either the last show ever or a reunion. Um. All right, Jonas, are you, are you are you staying? Are you going? What what's the no, plan? No, I should I should probably get going because I got to get up uh, dead early in the morning and, um, and just um, and I still have some packing to do. Perfect. Make sure you bring um, a couple a couple tambourines and like a personal drum for the fire. I'm traveling light, buddy. I'll have to I, kill something on the way and make a drum. I can bring a drum. Okay, you bring a drum. Yeah, there I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll have some there. I'm just yeah. I'm just implying we're gonna have we're gonna have to make sure there's a pop up a pop he's up set. You, he's getting you a verbal contract on the podcast that you're gonna be around <laughs> playing playing music is what he's doing. Saturday night, no big deal. I've I've done this to so many, I've done this to so many guests, got them into this position. So I see what you're doing. Well, the, the way I, the way I see it in my head is like straight out of the Northman, and he'll we'll have a close up on his face. Oh yeah. As he yeah. starts to serenade, with his is he gonna be lute, making the movements with the pail as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, onions, onions yeah. on a onions on a stick around his neck and playing the drum. <laughs> All right, Jonas, get out of here. Go to bed. I I'm going to go. I'm going to love. I'm going to love you and leave you guys. And uh, it always descends into chaos every time you are around. Yeah, I know. I'd say more like ascend, ascend into chaos. Oh, yeah. And ascend into chaos. I love that. I I thrive in chaos, so it's fine by me, man. (laughs) No, it's fine. All right, we've got we've got some stereotypes to to do though. So come on. We have some stereotypes. Get out of here, Jonas. Come on. Okay. I love Love you guys. Thank you guys. (laughs) Love you. I love you. Love you, brother. Love you, bye. Oh, what a guy. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on before we do stereotypes? Or do you think we've... About the festival? Um, yes. No, we have 24 bands. We have eight speakers. Uh, we have Jonas, who accounts for multiple... Personalities. Hats. Yeah. <laughs> Personalities. Um, <laughs> we've got grizzlies and bald eagles catching trout out of the river next door. Right that was so cool. And, uh, and that, was, that was... While there was a rainbow in the background, double rainbow, double rainbow. Oh yeah, exactly. Double rainbow. While the band, the ruins of Beverest played, which the Beverest was uh, Alex, the the front man's take on uh, Bifrost, because Mm -hmm. he wanted people to search Beverest and get only his band, as opposed to Bifrost would have a number of you know, references so they wouldn't find the band. So literally we had a double rainbow while the band, the ruins of the rainbow bridge was playing and it was fucking epic. 
well, wind, windstorm coming through, blowing over instruments. We had eight guys on stage holding down instruments. They didn't stop playing for a second. It was no, awesome. It Intense. Was, it was Rain. pretty fucking cool. Oh, you, there's video of it. It's just, it was nuts. One of the more, it was the most epic thing I've ever seen. Oh, nice. Musically. Man. Like, hands down. And, and, and let's not play down the fact that you have the Grand Tetons in the background as this is happening. That's true. Right. Yeah, dude, duh. That's our whole brand, right? I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> so there's other awesome stuff happening. Yeah. Mateus is talking, am I right, as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. So he's doing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. he's doing a talk on uh, the Rus and whether they had Viking, they had tattoos or not. No, no, or no. using no, that no, account no. No, to, to reference whether... Okay. I'll yeah, we are. We're, we're going to. I'm. I'm going to give sort of like a rundown of that. Um, uh, that talk, and of course, anchor it in. Uh, I, I mean, I've given this talk before at a at an academic conference, and um, and I'm going to anchor it in the idea of like what is a modern Viking stereotype, and one of the modern Viking stereotypes is, of course, that they had uh, tattoos, and then you know you have two types of uh, people, generally with it, you know. The ones that are like, no, 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 they didn't have tattoos at all because they didn't have a word for tattooing. It's like, not like anyone else has really had a word for tattooing, but that's another subject. And then you have, on the other hand, uh, people like, of course they had tattoos because they are Vikings and badass, right? And so dipping into the sort of like the 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 um, the rabbit hole of like Viking that the Vikings that are badasses with tattoos. What what is that all about? So it'll be a talk about you know, the historicity of tattoos in context of the Viking Age, and and then also what do we actually as modern human beings expect of Vikings? What do we expect them to have been, and so on? And I can tell you that pretty much everything we expect them to have been is wrong even when we try to be alternative about what we expect them to be. So <laughs> because they were human and it's always really complicated to pinpoint what humans actually are. Right. And especially in a time period where you don't have much uh, historical uh, literature uh, to, to actually use to, to, to furnish our understandings of them. So it's as a it's something about Viking tattooing and something about Viking um, expectations to Viking stereotypes. So yeah, there we go. Perfect mm-hmm. to take us on to our little quick, quick, quick hit stereotype debunking by Matthias. <laughs> oh no! Uh, um, okay, so does, does that, I, I've got a list anyway. So you have a list, perfect. I've got, of course, I've got a list. Let me hear about the list. I was, I was came prepared. Um, <laughs> the first one that I want to ask about is I keep seeing this popping up again, and it's the sunstone. Um, mm. And I keep seeing it fucking popping up everywhere at the minute. I don't know if there's been a new documentary on it or a new article or something, but I keep seeing something shared in on Facebook about this fucking sunstone. Right, yeah. Um, it's not particularly likely that they use sunstones. Like, it just isn't. <laughs> like the, no, the, so the, sunstone, the sunstone for anybody that's watched Vikings, the TV show, is the thing that Ragnar uses to see the sun through the clouds and apparently mm-hmm. it's how they navigated from 
Denmark, Norway to from England. Norway, right? Um, yeah, to England, and that's how they find England. Um, so th I think there was a research article written on the possibility of whether or not they would have used these particular crystals um, to see the sun um, in cloudy weather. Um, based off of a find, I think, is on the Scottish coast of a, and I believe that was an Icelandic ship um, from the 1300s, where they had some of those crystals on it. But <clears throat> this is, there, there are too many layers of conjecture between uh, between that find and then the, the idea that 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 people in the Viking Age may have used it, um, and you also have to ask yourself, um, like, how many of like what, what? Who are we talking about here? Are we talking about like a a a, a um, like the the total amount of Vikings on boats using these? In, in like a span of almost 400 years, like from the 700s to sometime in the 1100s, like, like well, so, so this is what, it was just like the common technology. Uh, what about all those people in the Scandinavia who came from places and needed to go on a boat and sail to, to, from A to B, uh, who did not have access to, you know, chopping these crystals out of a rock somewhere? That would be most of them. So it's like, eh, it's, it's a little the overblown sort of like idea. Um, I think people find it fascinating because, you know, it's a little bit of the crystal huju involved. And also it's it sounds like some kind of like deep, mysterical technology. It's like, I can tell you what they did. We, we can really see that on, you know, the, the naming traditions that uh, that you find, you know, along uh, uh, coastlines that the Vikings have, uh, have been in contact with um, uh, on sort of like a very extensive level, so to speak. So for instance, in Scotland, Ireland, the Irish coast, the Scottish coast, and, and that whole area where you go down from on the west side uh, by the Hebrides and get into uh, the Irish Sea and, and everywhere. What do you find? You find so many place names that uh, basically uh, just signal some kind of natural feature. Like this is the promontory of something, something. That's why there are so many nests out there, right? Or this is uh, the week of this and that. That's why you got so many weeks, right? And so on and so forth. Why? Because of navigation, right? But basically what you do is that you sail through this area and then you take note of all the important natural features that will guide you in a direction. And then when you come back to Norway, because these people are most likely Norwegians, then you tell your buddy about it, who didn't go on the trip. And you go, uh, hey, dude, um, <clears throat> when you sail this direction, then you're first going to get to like the place with the giant rock. And then you're going to get to the place with the, uh, uh, I don't know, giant waves or the place with the trees on the top and so on and so forth. This is the most common way that humans have navigated uh, across the planet, right? Basically taking note of natural features and then navigating for them. And you, we have descriptions of this in, in medieval literature. If you want to sail from Norway to southern Greenland, there's a description of how 
you're supposed to be uh, seeing the Faroe Islands in the distance at a certain, um, um, like the water has to be like at a certain level um, compared to the height of, of the, the cliffs and so on. Um, you only sail past Iceland to, uh, to the extent that you like notice that there are whales and birds that will normally be closer to the shore than out at sea, right? And you want that on your right side, not your left side because you're going west. Those kinds of things. So, um, you know, if these people have had like a sunstone as like some kind of technology, they probably would have fucking wrote that down somewhere, right? And been like, hey, when you go to Iceland from Western Norway, pick out your sunstone. And then you have to like look at the, 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 the sun through the thingy and then use this like weird disc in, the, in some water like Ragnar used to. And then you'll find Iceland. Right. They didn't. They didn't write that down. They wrote, uh, take notice of this particular natural feature of those birds over there, of that the whale and so on and so forth. And of course, you also know, you know, which direction you're going when you know, for instance, that the sun is coming up behind you, then you're going west. And if you, you know, when you sail at night, for instance, if you notice that the sun is coming up in front of you, then you're going back to Norway, right? So those kinds of things uh, um, uh, are are more much more important than than the so-called sunstone. So so yeah, was Sorry, that their bros. main was that their main navigational uh, reference? Is is the sun? Um, natural features: the sun, um, also yeah. the placement of various stars that they're uh, familiar right. with, like the North Star, for instance. They, they're of course familiar with constellations as well. Um, we don't have a lot of descriptions of of like you know where constellations need to be and all that stuff. But the uh, sun and moon are, are are definitely important for them to use as well. But then you also have things like. Um, uh, the, the different kinds of waves that you get depending on where you are, um, like are you out far out at sea, are you closer to land and so on. You, an, an experienced sailor will understand how the waves function. Um, you can even, you know, consider such things as the smell and taste of water and, and so on, like um, as another uh, component for for navigation and understanding where where you're at and wh what you've come to and so on and as we know from plenty of stories um both the uh, current and and more ancient uh in uh the north atlantic if you run into fog you're fucked until the fog leaves mm. So that's another thing that's, that's like no sunstone is going to solve that issue for you. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, you know, if you're a very experienced uh, a sailor and navigator, what you can, of course, do is use your nose and your taste and uh, your, your ears, right, to 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 understand what you what what kind of waters you're in. Color of the water as well is, a, is something that will help you out, too. So, yeah. That's that's more what they've done than anything else, and then of course we know for a fact archaeologically that they used lead, you know, tied on a piece of string or you know a rope to 
you know, gauge the depth of the water as well. Oh. All right. I got, I've got 14 more of these. So you're going to have <laughs> okay. to keep them to a little bit more concise than that one. Well, this one was more complicated <laughs> yeah. think, than some of the other ones. No, no. We'll, um, we can always expand on any of these if, if not, but these can be a fun little episode of just getting rid of a bunch of stereotypes, I guess. Um, okay. Next one's Viking funerals. Because obviously, I've seen on a bunch of TV shows where they they never bury bury them on TV shows. They always put them on a little boat and send them off to sea <laughs> and fire an arrow at it. <laughs> right. Is that is that real? Does that ever happen? So we we it's really really difficult to to tell whether or not there's been exactly that. So um, the idea of 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 um, you know pushing a boat out to sea and then setting it on fire comes from uh, Snorri's Etta, where we have the story of Baldur's death, where Baldur is put on a boat and then, well, they don't shoot arrows at it, but they, they set it on fire uh, and then push it out. Um, and uh, so that's, that's sort of like the, the origin of the idea um, of, of, uh, of that um, boat burial at sea. Now, now the problem archaeologically with that is that it's it can be very difficult to find the remnants of a burnt boat like that that was necessarily a, a burial right we can you know imagine that you know this is a very successful burning of the boats then what you will have is a little bit of the whole charred remains of the hole left that that will sink to the bottom first of all you have to locate that Right. That can be difficult enough in and of itself. If you actually do, and we have some examples of that, for instance, the harbor of Hilby in what is now northern Germany, used to be southern Denmark. Um, <clears throat> there, there's a burnt boat that has been found in the harbor. Now, the, the, the main theory on it, and I haven't investigated uh, exactly the find and all that stuff, but the main theory on it is that that was used as a fire ship um, that was essentially that just basically sent towards the harbor um, to 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 fuck shit up in in war, right? Um, I don't know if that could have been you know a um, fire burial, but I assume that the the, the archaeologists that have uh, interpreted it as a fire ship in war probably have their good reasons for doing so. So. Uh, to sum that all up, right? Like it is incredibly difficult to find archeological remains of those kinds of burials. Now, what we do have are buried ships that you can go to. You used to be able to go to Oslo and see, um, but they're currently rebuilding the museum. Um, you can see some in Denmark, you can see some in, in Sweden um, where they buried people with, um, grave goods and sacrifices and all that kind of stuff in a ship that they then put under a mound, right? They, they threw a mound over it. Um, we also know that they burnt some ships uh, like that, you know, loaded them up with all the sacrifices and goods and then burnt them on ground and then put a mound over them as well. Um, and then, of course, we have the story about Ibn Fadlan, which, um, or by Ibn Fadlan, about a, a Rus Viking chieftain who is buried in a boat burial of that kind, right? Which is then uh, set on fire. Um, and the description that he gives of that um, process 
the things that go in there, all the stuff that happens there actually seem to fit incredibly well with what we have archaeologically. So it's a reason to assume that he's actually telling you the truth about what he sees when he is investigating these Vikings. Um, so yeah, um, the whole, and this is why it's so uh, awesome in uh, that uh, show, The Norseman, um, where um, the uh, the coward chieftain has to uh, uh, set <laughs> the boat on fire <laughs> in a burial. Mm. What is it of his uh, his father or his brother? I can't even remember. And he keeps like shooting arrows at it, and he keeps missing. <laughs> right? Yeah, because that's another thing that you could consider here. <laughs> that, that yeah, why do they just set it on fire before they push it out? I did wonder that. <laughs> why it looks weird. cooler? It looks cooler with the burning arrow, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so for the most part, I'm guessing not everybody got that funeral. It was most people were they just cremated or buried, or not at all. Um, we can assume that there's a decent amount of people who didn't get much of a funeral at all, um, and you know, it really depends uh, probably on your status. At least that's that's the current assumption. Um, what we can see at, uh, in northern Denmark, there's a uh, burial ground called Lindholmhoi, which is just uh, north of Olbo. Um, and this is the largest Viking Age burial ground that we have. And there are like 900 and something graves there. And they have all kinds of shapes and forms and, uh, you know, content. Some people have been interred. As, as you know full humans some have been burnt and you get you know those stone ship settings you get triangles you get the circular uh, settings and so on so there's there's a lot of um uh, there's, there's a lot of variation essentially happening there and that's what we see across the board if you look at you know across scandinavia there's so much variation in how people are are handled as dead people um so what we what we do see is presumably a tendency to give uh, people who belong to the elite that you know boat burial uh, um, and what we then start seeing is also that what we could call the viking age middle class or whatever they start emulating a little bit you know and that's probably what that site uh Lindholm Hoy is an example of like it's basically every Joe Joe Sweatsock Viking who's like, hey, I, I wanna I wanna be buried like that too, man. And it's like, well, you can't afford, you know, that elaborate style uh burial as like Oseberg or, or or something like that. But we can, you know, put some stones up that look like a nice little boat for you. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool, man. That's that that'll do it. Um, so so there's that, like that's a possibility. Um and then you know, there's also something about status and and um, like what what kind of role did you have in life? Like, uh, it looks like many female uh, uh, religious authorities were were actually interred in in chamber graves, and some of them looked like little houses, and they were like seated in there. You could go in there and hang out with them after they were dead. That kind of stuff. We get a couple of those in the Danish area in particular, and I think also in eastern Sweden. Um, so it's a lot of variation, essentially. 
Fair enough. All right. Um, the idea that they were all giant. Because that's what okay. they always hear. You always, you always hear this thing of like the Vikings being giant mm-hmm. humans, fucking yeah. foot taller than everyone else. Um, so I haven't looked into uh, the average height of um, of Scandinavians in, in the Viking age. This is also an iffy picture, right? Because we're dealing with um, we're dealing with the uh, with with you know a, a certain amount of graves that we've found when when we try to calculate that, and you know it can be kind of difficult to. Um, sometimes it's even difficult to figure out the gender of a person <laughs> that was <laughs> uh, that was buried. Um, but um, I, I, if I remember correctly, the uh, uh, the height of um, of an individual living in the town of Hillaby, um, which was the largest urban center or whatever you want to call it, I mean, it corresponds to what is essentially a village today. Um, Massimo, four thousand people, I think. Um, if you look at there, uh, the 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 people there, if I remember correctly, we're dealing with people who are like uh, one hundred and fifty-five to one hundred and sixty-seven centimeters in height. Um, so that's what. Um, quickly, what's what what's what's the what's it's the, like five could, five foot. Uh five foot six or seven maybe something like that maybe Ish. even maybe going even off of like where that. snowboards fit right. on me <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that doesn't sound like particularly tall 162 people. is like chin height on me 163 centimeter snowboards like right here on me and i'm six one mm, so yeah. gonna be less than that yeah yeah, Alyssa is throwing in here that five eight to five nine for men, which is shorter than today, but slightly above average at the time. That sounds about right. Um, and and so the 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 idea that these Scandinavians and people from the north in general—it's not just Scandinavians that they're like wicked tall—actually comes from Roman literature. Um, I think we get one of the first examples of it. Um, in the uh, uh, the descriptions of uh, Marius's campaigns against the uh, Teutons, um, who who are like said to be be, be tall, and then you also get it with the Gauls. Um, you get it with several peoples, you know, that the Romans conquer, and it's because the Romans conquer them, right? It's like, hey, we 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 kick these people's tall asses, right? Um, and it always sounds cooler that you that you beat some giant dude up than 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 than, yeah, than somebody who is like you know a, a, a foot shorter than yourself. And every so, person I've ever fought is six foot five. <laughs> every one of them, right? I even I even fought somebody who was like seven feet once, you know, and he had like a giant what? head and 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 hair between his teeth and <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like the, the, the what it, it is a literary trope that we get about peoples in the north in general, and as the literature moves, you know, literary production moves farther north in medieval Europe, then you know it's also attached to some extent to Scandinavians. Uh, so, 
so that's really more uh, what it is than you know them being you know particularly mm, so much taller than other people. Okay, what about the Malvin Blonde? That's another one. Because that's, that's the image, isn't it? The image is the, the tall, blonde Viking. Right. Uh, last year, there was a... Was that last year? I think it was last year. There was a um, pretty uh, considerable genetic study that was done on, on, on graves, Viking age, but also dating all the way back to the Bronze Age. So that would be, you know, uh, the span of nearly 3,000 years. Um, to see exactly what kind of genetics they were carrying, you know, what, what was their hair color, for instance. And it looks like um, Scandinavians are generally blonde from the Bronze Age and, and until the Viking Age. But then in the Viking Age, they start getting darker, you know, their hair color and, and such. And that is because it is in the Viking Age that they, uh, that there is a considerable I mean, there's always been some, uh, you know, mingling of European populations and Scandinavians uh, having children with somebody from the South and, and vice versa. But in the Viking Age, you have a considerable amount of Scandinavians finding their partner outside of Scandinavia. And that's when you see the introduction of, of uh, darker features. So it actually looks like the average viking was more um you know like brown haired kind of than anything else so like a, like a mucky blonde mousy blonde a mucky, mucky blonde yeah <laughs> it's what we call you know uh, uh pate hair color in danish so. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what i have actually <laughs> um so and so uh, what, what we're also seeing uh, from this study is that it is, for instance, in the Danish archipelago is the, is the eastern Swedish area and um, some coastal uh, regions of Norway where uh, people, you know, get darker hair. Um, so, so that, you know, also corresponds with the fact that those are the locations that are mostly in connection with um places outside of Scandinavia whereas we go to the inland uh for a long time they maintain more um lighter hair features and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff there you go yep okay so my family's from inland Sweden that's why there I got go. the dirty blonde, the the dirty blonde. <laughs> yes yeah. um they were they, they referred to themselves as Vikings because if anybody's seen the new series of of Vikings, what was it called? Valhalla. Valhalla. They mm -hmm. they call, they refer to themselves as Vikings a lot. Mm. Was that any uh, good? Was that I've not show any good? I've, I've not seen it. Mm. I've just seen complaints about them referring to themselves <laughs> as Vikings all the time. Um, no, I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure. Mateus, have you seen it? Nope. Do you want me to stall a little more while she's typing? Uh, yeah, I was just um, typing something about uh, going back to the subject. There was a, a little bit of discussion in the chat about uh, the blonde hair and all that stuff. And if I remember correctly, the the core land for 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 like blonde like the genetics that give blonde hair is sort of uh, north central Sweden and eastern Finland, and of course a little bit into 
um, into uh, Norway. And then, you know, from there, it's sort of like, gets a more and more faded circle, so to speak. And, you know, these, uh, these features are, of course, you know, because of uh, farmers with the vitamin D deficiency. Um, so, yeah. What does vitamin D have to do with your hair color? Um, it's, it's, it's the same with the pale skin and everything. It, it, once you start farming, there's a, uh, at least that's, that's the uh, theory that, uh, uh, that is the most recent theory on why uh, white skin develops in certain regions of the world. It's when you start farming and stop getting uh, vitamin supplements uh, from hunted animals. You know, there's oh. things as, uh, you know, the nice juicy fat from a seal that would mm. otherwise be very helpful for such things as vitamin D. Um, so, but don't you get vitamin D from the sun? So, like, well, as, as a current farmer, like I'm tan AF right now. Like, I'm outside, <laughs> I'm out in the sun all the time getting vitamin D. And my hair yeah, gets lighter. I, I, yeah. My hair definitely you, gets lighter in the sun as well. Yeah. You're gonna have to uh, address uh, uh, this subject with uh, with some kind of specialist on that. Um, You're a specialist on everything. Yeah, but me, yeah, no, I'm just regurgitating stuff that that's uh, how we treat you. Biologist uh, wrote in a paper somewhere. Um, just, you're getting more sun exposure. The fact your skin would get lighter makes no sense logically. Yeah, but your skin doesn't get lighter from sun exposure. Your skin gets lighter from, from being a doughboy eating grain, um, which oh, becomes sort of like the, 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 the cornerstone in, in um, Northern European diet uh, from, you know, the, uh, what do you call that? The sedentary stone age, which is what? For oh, sure. When we were dealing with Scandinavia, it's from like 5,000 something years ago. Maybe okay. a little bit more. So yeah, All right. that's that's what what we're dealing with here. Okay, cool. Let's go on. Five thousand quick, 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 prior to your zero. That's right. Quick, quick answers. Quickish okay. answers. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, so they're referring to themselves yes no. as Vikings. <laughs> Did that happen? No. I mean, only the Vikings would refer to themselves as Viking. But would they? Would they have referred to themselves it at the time? That really depends on who you're talking about. If it were a Viking, yeah. If it were any random ass Scandinavian, no. Okay, so did the word did the word exist at the time? Yes. Or was it a word that came up? Okay. Yeah, because it I was... would be it would be a maximum ten percent of the Scandinavian population in the Viking Age that would refer to themselves as Vikings because they were Vikings. It's the yeah, same it's as like being a pirate. Like, so it's you, like well, this is good because you're knocking off one of the other ones here as well, so I can take that off my list. <laughs> okay, answering two at once. I mean, it it, it is the same. Yeah, not so much pirate because you know the the meaning I, I, of the I, word I is more expanded. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to say that it's the same thing as being a pirate. Just like in the sense of like, if you're not a pirate, you don't call yourself a pirate. Exactly, and that's and it's the same. You know, like if you're not in the army, you soldier. don't call yourself a yeah. soldier, totally. or if you're not a banker, yeah. you don't call yourself a banker. So yeah. Cool. Right. Okay, there we go. Um, the idea that women went on all raids, I guess, yeah. is the idea of like <laughs> shield maidens and that kind of thing. Is this this thing that I don't think we can. Uh, and this is this is where there there might be a new study out there, but I don't think that we can authenticate the presence of a single woman on a so-called raid. I mean, okay. it, it's possible that there's been one, but or 
you know, that there was a, a, some amount of women who did this. But, but as far as I know, there's not any archaeological evidence that substantiates the idea that there were like, like, you know, and this is, of course, also based on the fact that, like, do we have, for instance, burials like Sodoma in, in Estonia, right? That, that's a great example of a burial, Viking Age burial, where, you know, this was an invasion or raid attempt that went horribly wrong. And in that scenario, the bodies that have been found, none of them appear to be women. But then again, we might not, we, we could be. Like, it's not impossible. But, like, as far as I know, none of the burials that we found in context of the great heathen army in, in England, for instance, indicate that there were uh, women among the fighters. Um, there is a, um, a, a female warrior grave um, from Norway, as far as I remember, where it's been uh, proven that she did have when she went into the grave, she did have a pretty good sizable dent in her forehead, if I remember correctly. Uh, so that's like a, a example of a woman buried as a warrior with what appears to be um, battle wounds, right? But that is one example. So it's really, really difficult to say, but the idea that there were women on every ship that was going to England to... Uh, to, 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 you know, invade uh, that, I don't know, it's not, <laughs> it's not unlikely, okay. but it's also not proven. Okay. So, so the next one is um, the women had no rights in the Viking Age. Because I guess the, it links to the, the idea that, that you see spread every so often about women being able to divorce their husband and that kind of thing. So how does, how does that work? In, in like a, a rights sense. We have no idea what rights they had. Okay. There, there are like these vague references. So we have a um, Al-Tatushi, this uh, Arabian, well, he's actually Jewish, but he is on a mission from uh, the Caliphate, the Arabian Caliphate in Cordoba, uh, to uh, the Danish area, he visits Hilby and he says, uh, oh yeah, the women, they can uh, divorce if they want to. Um, so, so that might be true, it might not be true, it really depends. Um, um, if, if it is true, then, then there is that right, I guess. And that's not uncommon that you know, in societies of various kinds, you know, both in a European historical context and outside of Europe, that, uh, that, that you know, women, women have the right to divorce under certain circumstances, that kind of stuff. Um, so did they have no rights? Absolutely not. Did they have rights based off their status in society? Absolutely, right? So you can expect that a woman of higher rank, you know, an elite woman, would have a lot more rights than some tenant farmer woman, right? That's that's how it always goes in you know the, in Europe after about five hundred and onwards. Like the, the there's a lot more 
when it comes to rights, there's a lot more that attaches itself to your position in society than any idea of like uh, freedom or inalienable rights and all that stuff. So, yeah, if you were queen, you probably had a fuck ton of rights. And if you were a slave, obviously you had none. Right. So that's how that worked. And then you get everything in between. <laughs> it's complicated. Uh that they drank from skulls. <laughs> There's a couple of mentions of that, right? Um, but it's later literature. Um, so we we know of a descendant of Vikings who ended up as a, uh, a, a skull drinking cup. Um, and uh, Alex, uh, this might uh, uh, you might enjoy this, uh, knowing that I'm uh, all ears. The other, the other side of your family uh, are Magyar, uh, Hungarians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so they're, um, it, it's, it's before they really materialize as, as Hungarians. Um, um, they're sort of during, like, during Attila the Hun, right? Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a little later than, than this. Oh, later. This later. Yeah. So, um, so, so this happens in, um, what is it, in the early 900s or late 800s? I can't remember exactly. Um, that's when, that's have, when Attila was around. No, no that's, that's the 400s. Um, Are you sure? <laughs> no, no. Stupid I, I, question. Sure. <laughs> I forgot who I'm talking about. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shut up, Alex. <laughs> Get him! Get him! <laughs> um, I, um, I thought it was the eight or nine hundreds that Tillo was around. I'm no, I'm he's, he's, um, but you might be right. I think it might be the four hundreds. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely. Him, yeah. It's definitely he's, the four hundreds. Um, fuck! I, I just checked it, but I was fucking hoping you were going to be right so much. So, did they drink from skulls? So yeah. So yeah. So uh, just. To to back up this thing about Attila the Hun, um, he uh, he was uh, in existence from 406 to 453, um, but that doesn't mean that um, you know associated peoples like for instance the Magyar um, didn't have some kind of uh, uh, reign over locations in Europe afterwards. Anyway, um, what happened was that Sviatoslav the descendant of Igor or Ivar uh, of Kiev, this uh, famed Viking uh, whom we know very little about, except that he apparently ruled Kiev for a bit. Um, his, his, um, his descendant, Shatoslav, uh, he uh, did get uh, visions of grandeur. And so he tried to invade um, the Byzantines, Byzantium, and uh, that's how he ended up as a Hungarian drinking cup, um, because uh, they they used um, Pechenek um, uh, artillery, not artillery, <laughs> cavalry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we're talking about artillery, it's like, hey, that's way too early for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I have a cold these days again. So that's uh, all right. Just just see, so <laughs> everybody know why I'm a little uh, vapid. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. So 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 there's an example of of a Viking, or at least a descendant of Vikings, who ends up as a as a skull drinking cup. Now, did they otherwise have skull drinking cups? Maybe. It's not impossible. I am not sure that we found any 
Um, We've all seen many Viking bro memes of like drinking from the skull of your enemy. Right. Yeah. And it is. It is mentioned. Right. Um, I think Alex, the reason you brought up Attila um, and the Huns and all that stuff, or you brought up the Huns, uh, is that it is actually mentioned in context of of you know uh, our heroic remnant stories of of the germanic experience of the huns um what is it is it gudrun turns atlas children or their children um into uh drinking cups as well if i remember my my story about sigurd the dragon slayer correctly right and so that would be you know the uh legendary version of attila the hun that we're talking about here Actually, so yeah, there you go. Okay, the the next one was about them about the personal hygiene, but you can listen back to last episode and we do a mm. full episode on that. So we'll skip over that one. Um, oh, the idea that they fought with just axes, like because no. you, <laughs> in any TV show we've all seen it, it's all axes throwing uh-huh. axes at each other like wh- why you would throw your axe at someone is beyond me but it seems right? so what about broadswords because like if you don't have an axe you throw an axe then like you got nothing except for your fists like that doesn't work against mm-hmm. the, another sword or shield maybe what do you can do or metal so i think the, the thing the thing with the axes right that's that's where the noble savage myth sort of like plays into recasting vikings nowadays because who else do you see throwing axes around except for native americans like in pop oh, interesting right so that there's got to be some kind of like weird spillover here where it's like oh you 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 have this like some of the filmic incidents where you see a viking throwing their axe like almost as a mirror yeah, they they, mm. they almost mirror the the filmic interesting. situation in, in like the last Mohican or something like that, where somebody comes mm. and throws a tomahawk. So I think that's where it comes from, or uh, honestly, like, and it it has everything to do with like portraying you know Scandinavians in this time period a little bit like Native Americans. It happens all the time for some reason. Um, it's like Scandinavians have become sort of like the the the, the white man's uh, uh, noble savage. Like the, the, that's 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 the ones that we look to for like these uh, heroic ideals and 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 some kind of purity and and you know speaking of Viking stereotypes, right? So so that's probably <laughs> what we're dealing with here. Um, they had a lot of different weapons. Um, they had. You know the typical Frankish swords that are about ninety meters—not ninety meters, ninety centimeters in length. That's a, that's a big, <laughs> that? fucking, <laughs> big sword. A big sword. <laughs> ninety centimeters is is like the typical length of, of the swords that they would use. Um, Double edged. You have the sax, which is a single edged sword. Um, that is used in the early period, um, in the early parts of the Viking Age. And uh, they also get around that length, or maybe a little shorter. Uh, some of them are definitely shorter. It looks more like a giant knife than anything else. Then you have, uh, like obviously, sting. Bowen. Huh? Like Bilbo's sting. Is that? I thought that was double-edged. 
Oh yeah, it is. I was saying yeah. like the length, like a like a like a dagger. Right. Yeah. So like sting. like in proportion to his body. Yeah, they're more dagger and, size. And ours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like sting. Yeah. Um, and then what else do you have? You have spears and you have bow and arrow. Um, uh, we have uh, also, you know, uh, siege weapons. Obviously. When all of a sudden you realize that those pesky English, they built a goddamn wall around that, that town you came and raided last time. You're going to have to build some kind of siege ramp, right? Um, and that was also the lesson for Paris. Um, you, you're going to need uh, some kind of siege equipment to uh, to invade Paris. And that's what they used. So, so no, they, they were generally at the same level as as other warfaring peoples in Western Europe, Western Northern Europe at the time. Um, and as I've said before, the, the, on, the only sort of like technological advantage that they had um, was the fact that their ships were so damn cool and fast. That was, that was, the, that was the main technological advantage. Um, but as we can see in, um, in sort of like... If we were to tally uh, wins and losses um, between Scandinavians and, say, the English, for instance, there's nothing that indicates that the Scandinavians are doing much better than the English. It's you know still you know a game of chance whether or not you win uh, some kind of standoff, or or for that matter a siege of a city, and you know that game of chance comes down to so many different things, right? Uh, also. Is your camp ravaged by dysentery? Dysentery. What is that illness where you shit yourself to death? Dysentery. Dysentery. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm poor. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more. Last two. Yeah. Um, the all they did was rape and pillage because that's one you see all the time. That always gets brought up whenever you mention the Vikings, particularly to like outsiders. Right, yes. Um, Noble Savage. I mean, thing. yeah, yeah, it yeah. links into that whole barbarian thing of like, yeah, just be some uncouth grunting, right? Men, so, men running around the countryside, raping and stealing everything. I mean, um, so what you have to ask yourself, what do you think the Napoleonic armies did back in the early 19th century? when they marched all the way to try to bring down Moscow. Hmm. I think they did a decent amount of raping and pillaging on their way there, mm -hmm. just like any other army might have. So if you have a so-called great heathen army from Scandinavia that lands in East Anglia and then marches through uh, the Midlands and uh, so on, they're probably raping and pillaging a decent amount. But again, these are soldiers at war, right? Um, <laughs> if if, if we, we took the, the whole raping and pillaging theme stereotype to its logical conclusion, right, would... would Scandinavia be populated today? They, they they couldn't not rape and pillage each other all the time. It's like that means then that your neighbor couldn't build a house and, <laughs> until you like, like immediately run over and, and, and start burning it and, and stealing his shit, right? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, obviously, there were some Scandinavians and other Europeans raping and pillaging, 
And then there was a vast majority of any kind of Europeans at any point in time uh, whose main pursuits in life were to eat, sleep, shit, fuck, and drink beer once in a while. You know, those kind of basic things, toil in the fields and so on. So, yeah. Um, no, they definitely didn't rape and pillage all the time. But some, some probably more than others. Uh, perfect. Oh, yeah. The last one, the most obvious one, um, the horned helmets, of course. Well, I mean, the cool thing is that... That's we have number depictions. one on every stereotype. Yeah. List. The cool thing is that we mm-hmm. have depictions of horned helmets, right? From the Viking Age. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are, you know, little head pins that kind of look like Odin. Some of them have like crossed out eyes or one eye that has been like scratched out and they have little raven horns on them. Um, we have the uh, Vendel and Valsieta uh, plates that, that were placed on helmets where they're depicted individuals wearing horned helmets. We don't have any horned helmets that have been found from the Viking Age or prior in Scandinavia. There, there is some, there's at least one from France, uh, but that has nothing to do with Vikings, that those are Gaulish uh, warriors. Um, and then we have Bronze Age war- uh, horned helmets from the Danish area, a couple of ceremonial, assumed ceremonial helmets, big, very heavy bronze helmets. They have giant horns on them. Um, so the question is, did Vikings have horned helmets? We don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it's like, okay, so the only fully intact helmet uh, that I know of from the Viking Age is from Norway, from Jermundbu. And that one does not have horns on it. Um, But um, is it possible that some had horns? Yeah, because we have these depictions of what appears to be horned helmets. Now, were these used for war? That's another question that is hard to answer. Also, we don't know what they were made of. Like maybe it was a kind of, you know, material that uh, that would break more easily and therefore not be a liability when you're like running around with like horned helmets. But the funny thing is that uh, the main argument against horned helmets for Vikings is, of course, first of all, um, this this is some stuff that it came up in the, in, in, with in the 19th century. Um, so therefore, it cannot be true. That's, of course, not a good scholarly argument. Um, Secondly, it's like, oh, it wouldn't be practical in war. It's like, yeah, sure, take that grievance to the samurai in Japan and see what you come up with, because they had a fuck ton of horns on their helmets <laughs> and other kinds of things, right? And you, you can find many uh, types of like uh, headdresses that you could argue would be relatively uh, impractical for war that people nonetheless have gone to war with. So that's also not a particularly good argument because you can't expect every old Viking to have been completely rational and and thinking, oh, of course I shouldn't put a horn on my helmet because 
then this English guy who, who I'm going to fight later on is, is, is totally going to get me. Uh, right. So uh, answer is it's complicated. Perfect end. Perfect end. We did it. Um, Alex, let people know where they can get some tickets for the fire in the mountain. Yeah. F I T M fest.com. Check us out on Instagram fire in the, at fire in the mountains. I think Facebook is the same thing. Um, yeah. Tickets are limited, but they're still available. So, you know, more the merrier. It's going to be a good time. Okay. So it's going to be, great. I'll be drinking. I'll be drinking out of my horn. So that was my question. Was that that's, they drank out of horns, right? Matthias. Yes. That is, that seems, uh, well, again, we have this like awkward situation that there are actually no, uh, archaeological finds from the Viking age that, uh, that indicate drinking horns, but there are drinking horns from before the Viking age and after the Viking age. So just so because one would like, assume, yeah. yeah, it's, and, and we have plenty of references in, um, I think we even have a, I mean, we have a couple of carvings of like horns, for instance, on, you know, rune, runic, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Stuff, right? yeah, indeed. So, so yeah, they they most likely. I mean, just because we don't find it in archaeology, that sort of like goes back to this argument with like women at war, for instance. Just because we don't we haven't identified it in the archaeological record, doesn't mean it didn't occur, right? Like, it just means that we can't say much about it yet until somebody you know goes out there and it's like, I shall find all of these female warriors with drinking horns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, go go buy a ticket. Go to Fire in the Mountain. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I wish I would. I wish I was there. I wish I was going next year, one hundred percent. Yeah, if you there'll can, be other opportunities. Yeah, if you can, definitely make the trip. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good time. Sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, you don't have to like metal. You know, half of the music we have is folk music acoustic or like psychedelic country yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term hang out with cool people drink yeah. beer eat good food and everybody's hanging a... together the whole weekend that's what's so great yeah, yeah. you know no, I, no I, one's separate matthias who are you excited wait. to see the most woven hand man are you really Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I've seen the slave before. I've, well, I've also seen Woven Hand before, but I I have a personal thing with Woven Hand. So, uh, like that's I didn't that's know like, that. I am I'm a very big fan. Because um, you weren't you were not 2018 when they played. No, but I think I saw him in 17 or no. It's got to been yeah, late 16 in Denver. So I'm oh. a big fan. Yeah, he's uh, well. He's doing an acoustic set on Saturday, just him. Yeah, looking forward Maybe to Maybe Eugene it. Edwards could be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool, perfect. Mateus, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, and you can also check out my website. It's just my name, MateusNorvik.com. The easy, really. Oh, 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 and 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 check out my uh, my my company, uh, Hildur, spelled H-Y-L-D-Y-R dot com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. And get... Hey, are you bringing any of that to the festival? Oh, I am, my friend. Oh, I'll be selling mugs and I want send mug. some to me. Send some to me. Yeah. Stickers and stuff. Send, send some, some to me. <laughs> I'll I'll see what <laughs> I can do. 
Send me shipping stuff. costs. <laughs> I'll cover shipping costs. <laughs> um, well, in that case. <laughs> all right. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating, a positive review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please check out Patreon. I know we've been a little off the off the heat on there um, over the last couple of months. We've had some stuff going on both me and Matthias, but we really do appreciate the support. We'll, we'll be getting back on there and adding some new things and also getting back to the, the bonus episode as well. But it helps us keep going, keep growing um, and get people helping us out behind the scenes like Shan, like Rowan, who does the social media now. Um, yeah, it really helps it helps us out and helps us, me and Matthias, keep doing this week in, week out. I think what we're on, 124 episodes, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and there's some people is a, is a way to put it. <laughs> there's some people that listen to every episode of that, uh, which is phenomenal. What an episode is an hour and a half to two hours. So that means people have listened to me and you speak for 150 hours at least. <laughs> like, thank you so much to anybody who has endured that. You. Um, yeah, we, we appreciate. It. If you if you want to follow the the podcast, uh, it's literally not even Thodge Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you do go into the YouTube, please hit the subscribe and the little bell button so you can get um, notifications when new videos come out. Again, Ron taking over the social media is is on mine and Matthias's back for for doing new little bits. We're gonna maybe do some little bite sized videos of of information. I say we. Gonna talk with Tace into it. He doesn't know about it yet. This is the first he's heard about it. <laughs> this is the first time <laughs> hearing about it. So that's gonna be gonna, great. <laughs> Rowan's gonna be on our back to be to be getting new content out there um and, and expanding the, the podcast. So yeah, we appreciate it all. Uh yeah, take care. We'll see you next week. Perfect. Thank cool. you, thank you very much, Alex. And I can't wait to yeah. to see you at Midgas Blood. Midgas Blood is gonna be sweet. Mm-hmm.